Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Well, good evening. Hello, BFC. <laughs> How you doing tonight? It's good to have you with us. I'm Bruce Conover, pastor here at Birthed Family Church. My wife and I have been here for a while just enjoying ministry in beautiful Colorado. Well, I'm glad that you tuned in tonight, and uh, we're going to get into the Word of God here in just a moment. Hey, I wanted to let you know that we're doing a live stream tonight, and then yet on Saturday morning, we have ladies' breakfast, women's breakfast, and that's going to be an in-person service. So we're inviting all you gals to come on out here to the church in person Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. And then directly after women's breakfast, after you enjoy some good food, they're going to have their Bible study. They've been going through the New Testament, and uh, they have a study guide that they're following. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot of interaction. You can ask questions. It's, uh, everybody gets involved. It's, it's a great time. And that's not just for women only. That's for even us guys. So... <laughs> You gals get together for breakfast at 10, and then at 11, we'll have that Bible study here at the church, and all of you are invited. And uh, there's probably going to be some food left over, guys, so if you want to crash their party at 11 o'clock for the Bible study, you can go ahead and get into some good food. It'll be awesome and tremendous. Now, this is our normal midweek service, and so two services a week, we take up an offering, and Wednesday night is one of those uh, opportunities that we give you to sow into the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, it's, it's wonderful to understand how God is totally dependent on us to, to volunteer and to give of ourselves to him. You know, we are a, a volunteer army of the Lord. He, he may call us all to be in the army, but only those that answer and heed that call is he able to use. And so it's pretty interesting that God is doing what he's doing on the earth in the last 2,000 years solely based on our willingness to be a part of what he's doing on the earth. And that's what we're doing right now as we take up the offering. We're giving finances to the Lord. We're empowering him to facilitate the, the, the decree that Jesus made, or what we call the Good Commission, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Glory to God. It's exciting to be a partner with God and being about what he's doing on the earth. I'm telling you, not only is it exciting, but it is so beneficial for us to be a part of that. Glory to God. And so I got the plate right here. And so by faith, I'm going to believe that you're giving tonight, as you always do. You guys are the most faithful people I know in terms of your support for us, the local church. You are such a blessing. And so I thank you that, that as you give, 
I know that you're putting not only resources in God's hands, but you're also allowing him a doorway by your giving for him to bless you. Remember, blessings come by us being a doer of the word. Glory to God. And so when we follow him through the giving of our finances, we are being a doer. We're executing what he's instructed us to do. He tells us to give. And so as we do that, that's what he's able to now respond to and then bless us in this realm of finances. It is so awesome. And so that's why we do this consistently. This is why we're faithful to give. This is why we bring our supply. Number one, as we give, it is an act of worship to him. Number two, we're bringing assets, resources into his house, into that which he's doing on the earth through the local church. And then we do it by faith. Not only is it a response of our heart to him in adoration and thankfulness and gratefulness, but then as good stewards of what we're doing, he wants us to use our faith to believe for increase. That's the plan of God. Remember what he said over there in 3 John 2. He said, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health as your spirit man is prospering. You see, that's the will of God. Hallelujah. It wasn't just for the Israelites to be blessed financially. It's for us, the church, as well. And we're going to get what God has willed to us. Amen. And so let's go ahead and get our offering. Now, you may not be giving tonight, but you have given. Or maybe you're going you're gonna to come the next time to church and give at that time. Just use your faith now as if you're here in person putting your seed into God's plate. And, and see yourself receiving what God says that, that, you would, that you would receive. He says, give and it shall be given to you. This is giving and receiving. Praise God, as it tells us over there in Philippians chapter 4. All right, you're, you're ready to give. You're, you're ready to do business with God. You're ready to worship him, and you're ready to use your faith to believe for what he wills for you. Oh, Father, we thank you now for this offering. First and foremost, Lord, I want to say thank you for these people that have been so faithful to partner with us and this church and this vision that you have upon this assembled body. Yes, Lord, you have called us, this church in Berthet, to go into all the world and make known the mystery of Christ. I thank you for these faithful people, Lord. And so as we give right now, we, we cast our eyes upon you, Lord, and we say that you're faithful. We say that you're the God who supplies all of our needs. We say, Lord God, <laughs> that we are not forsaken, but that we are blessed in Jesus' name. So, Father, we receive now your bounty we say that as we've given is now being given unto us. We declare that we're doers of the word. Therefore, we're blessed in Jesus' name. Everyone believing said amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, let's get into God's word tonight. 
And you know, I don't think I'm gonna keep you too long, huh? Let's just see, we're gonna get into some new subject matter uh, tonight. We're gonna be talking about being led by the Spirit of God. And this is such an important aspect of our relationship with God. And we'll get into mm, the nuts and bolts of this and get a better understanding that it's not only God's plan for us, to be directed by him in life, but that every one of us can tune in that frequency, so to speak, get dialed into where he leads us from and how to begin to recognize him. Oh, hallelujah. And it's not tough at all. Amen. Because we're wired to walk and talk with God. We're wired to have a communion with him. It, it's, it's pretty exciting if you think about it. I mean, here's the creator of the universe, and he put himself in us by the person of the Holy Spirit. So we've got like this GPS inside of us, and he's, he's there on board, inside. We don't have to be led from out here. We, can, we are being led from within. And we can follow him in even the minor details of life. And so let's jump in. And we're going to solicit the Lord's health, uh, health, <laughs> help tonight. I'm going to get this uh, tongue dialed in. We're going to solicit his help. The Holy Spirit is a helper. And one of those roles that's helping us is he's a teacher. You see, God's book is of a heavenly substance it's it's spiritual and it's spiritually discerned and so we need the help of the holy spirit for us to see and to hear with our inner man yes our outer man is involved in this process but when we open our heart and believe those things that we're hearing and allowing the Holy Spirit to give us a, an image of what we're hearing, and then we begin to mix faith with that, that begins imparting this ability for us to have spiritual revelation and discernment. It's a, a tremendous thing when we deal less and less with things in life intellectually and interact with them with our heart. Oh my goodness. That's when we're living from the inside out. So let's trust him now. Father, we thank you that you have placed God, the Holy Spirit in us. Tonight we thank you that we are your dwelling place. We are your house. We are your temple. Holy one, you live in us. And so right now we, we trust you. We look to you. And we say that you are imparting the spirit of wisdom and revelation to us tonight that the eyes of our spirit are seeing and that light is being perceived and received into our inner man. That way, Lord, we're being quickened, we're being encouraged and strengthened. And I thank you, Lord, that as we begin to apply these truths that we're seeing, as we'll begin to agree with you, with our heart and with what we say, Lord, it will be thus and so in our life. So right now we thank you for it. 
Just, just lift your heart to him and say, thank you, Lord. I will see things tonight in, in a greater measure. I will receive truth. I will have steps that I can walk out to be a doer of God's word. Amen. All right, let's get those Bibles open tonight. We're going to jump in tonight and have a Holy Ghost time with him. Amen. So we're going to jump into the Old Testament first tonight. Looks like we might stay there for a little bit. Go over to Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. And look here in verse 11. I'm reading from the New International Version. And if you don't have this scripture underlined, I would encourage you to underline it in your hard copy some of you are using the, the Bible apps on your phone, your desktop, whatever device you're using, iPad. And there's ways that you can make notations, that you can highlight. And it's so important for us to make this a familiar scripture because it, it really contradicts a lot of things that religious people have said about God. Look here, this is Jeremiah 29, 11. Now, this is him speaking by the Holy Spirit. He says, I know the plans I have for you. Now, understand that God, how do I want to say this? He, he, he doesn't operate on the fly. He is not spontaneous. He, he's, he, he isn't ever surprised with anything that happens. Because he, he's a God that lives in the realm of the spirit remember what jesus said about god he says that god is a spirit so understand that god now i know this might sound like i don't need to say this but god's not a man god doesn't have the same uh human limitations that we have and so He's not stuck in the realm of time. And when things happen moving forward into the future, he already knows everything that's going to take place before it happens. He's already been there, so to speak. And so understand that even before God created the earth, before you were ever in your mother's womb, he had a plan for each and every one of us. He's got it all orchestrated and laid out for us. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And so this is why he says, I know I have the plans I have for you. Because he's already made the plan. And he's already scripted it. And then he's already provided all that's necessary to facilitate it. Even before we needed a Savior, God had his son ready. He was slain as the Lamb of God before the earth was ever conceived or created. Praise God. See, God has made a plan for every contingency. And so he knows the plans that he has for you and I. Now notice how he describes this plan. It's plans to prosper you. D did you hear that? God's plan for you, God's plan for me is to prosper. Now, don't 
just look at that from a financial standpoint. Look at it as in terms of success. That whatever he has planned for you to set your hand to, maybe like he planned for you to be a husband, he planned for you to be a wife, he planned for you to be a mother, he planned for you to be a father. He has already made a way for us to prosper and be successful in that endeavor. All the way across the board, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, financially, he has a plan for us to succeed. And you can see that threaded all through the Word of God because that's what he has decreed and made available to each one of us. And then it says, not only are my plans to prosper you, but plans not to harm you. You see, anytime you hear any kind of uh, people talking about God in a negative way, we need to learn to turn a deaf ear to that. Now, sure, it may feel that he had something to do with that which harmed us. We may have people tell us it was him that orchestrated that for some unknown reason. But God's plan was never to harm us, to take away from us, to take from us. Period. Ever. And we need to let that soak down into our hearts because the enemy uses this this negative aspect or depiction of God to cause us to not to trust him like we should. And it's really the enemy's the one that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus told us that over in John chapter 10, verse 10. I'm so thankful that very early on in my Christian walk, I learned about a personal devil and a kingdom of darkness that's arrayed against God. That right now, you and I are living in a world that has two spiritual kingdoms. One being God's kingdom, the kingdom of his dear son, and the kingdom of that fallen angel, the devil. And these two kingdoms are directly opposed against one another. Now, God's kingdom is to give us life and to give it more abundantly. So you see, there's no loss or anything that's stealing from us in that. You, if you have life, you can't also have death. But we also have the kingdom of the devil that is to attempt to steal from us, to take from us. And so we, we have to get that, that understanding inside of me. You see, I was at odds against God before I received Jesus as my Savior. You see, I was traumatized by the death of my natural father. And he was taken, uh, he, he was received by the Lord off the earth when he was 39 years old. And I thought that God did that. Well, I didn't want to buddy up with a God who took my daddy. And then once I got into Christendom when I was 24 years old and began to see what Jesus said about the devil, that he's come to kill, steal, and destroy... I finally realized that my father was stolen from me by the works of the enemy because he brought the laws of sin and death 
into the earth. And there are times where people will die prematurely because of that spirit of death. And so God gave us Jesus so that we could have life. And so we need to embrace God's plan for us. We need to begin believing that it's his plan for us to be successful, to prosper us, and not <laughs> to harm us, not to take anything from us. It says that his plans are to give us a hope, a, an expectancy. An expectancy of what? Life. And that more abundantly and to give us plans that give us a future that's bright and that fulfills us hallelujah so this scripture reveals to us that God has our best interest in mind understand that God isn't necessarily doing things for himself he does things for you and I simply because we are his offspring we are his children now we're we're embracing his plan for us but the question is now how does he bring that to pass if he has a plan to cause me to be successful and he does if he has a plan not to harm me and if he's not harming me then he's protecting me and if he's given me a plan of, of hope and encouragement and a bright future, how's he going to pull it off? Now understand that God doesn't make decisions for us. Can I say that again? God doesn't move us around a, a chessboard like we're a piece of on a chessboard and he moves us here and then he moves us there <coughs> excuse me no he's given us a free will now he can help us to reveal things to us and as we're getting to he can guide us and then as he's guiding us we make decisions based on what his direction is telling us in that moment and then that way he's able to cause us to come to that place where we're being prospered and blessed hallelujah so I want to get into this that God's plan unfolds in our life to benefit us when we follow him and we follow him as he leads us we follow him when he guides us directs us the Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordered or directed of the Lord so understand that when God brings direction when God begins to lead us understand that the leading he gives us will also contain his wisdom his insight remember to do what to 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 bless us and not harm us also it'll bring answers to certain questions as God leads us and directs us and then obviously he'll tell us what steps to take you see when it talks about the steps of a righteous man are being ordered or orchestrated of the Lord is talking about putting us in a trajectory in what God has for us concerning his plan for our life we, we don't 
We don't accidentally bump into it. No, we get there on purpose by following him. I want you to consider this. How would our life change if we recognized and then obeyed God's voice leading us in particular directions in our life? Let's say that, that every decision that I make. Now remember, every decision in whatever area of our life, it points us either that which we're to follow or that which we're not to follow. You look at decisions as pointing you in a direction. And so if I'm recognizing the Lord's voice of direction and I obey what he's showing me, revealing to me, directing me to do, that would point me in his perfect will or the plan he has for my life. And how many of you know that if I keep taking steps in that direction, that I'm in a collision course for the blessings of God? Hallelujah. And if we're doing that every day, I believe that every day that we'll enjoy blessings. Praise God. And miss out on those areas where the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy from us. If I'm continuing to follow God, the enemy is not going to be able to do anything in my life to deter it or to harm it. Amen. Now, I want you to go to Psalm 23.1. We'll get a kind of a, a picture here of what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Now, now you're getting something tonight, right? <laughs> Are you? I know I am. He's so good to us. Look here, Psalm 23, verse 1. Every one of us knows this. I had to memorize this whole chapter for catechism what was I? I think I went to catechism in fourth and fifth grade. Maybe even, I, I can't remember if it was a two or three year uh, course. I wouldn't be surprised it was three years. Maybe it was fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. Notice what it says here. Psalm, the 23rd Psalm, verse 1. It says that the Lord, and this is talking about Jesus, understand that this 23rd Psalm is primarily talking about you and I living in the earth today. This is a depiction of you and I right now in real time. And so right now, when we accepted Jesus as our Savior, he also became our shepherd. He's the bishop or the shepherd of our spirit. And so the Lord, or could we say Jesus, is my shepherd. Now consider the role of the shepherd. The, the shepherd is the caretaker of the flock. Now, how many of you know that the, that the shepherd doesn't make decisions for the sheep? No, they have to choose to follow the shepherd. He can attempt to guide them, but I want us to see this, yet it's up to the sheep, and remember, we are the sheep of his pasture, we have to follow him. And so the shepherd will always take us in that plan 
that God has for us. So if we'll follow the shepherd, we'll arrive at what God has for us. Are, are you seeing that? So the Lord is my shepherd. That's someone whom you and I follow. Right? The shepherd knows better than we do. So we follow him. He sees things that we can't see. He knows things that maybe we don't have that information right now. But we're following him. And so we will come into the good things he has for us. Now look what happens when I, when I follow the shepherd, when you follow the shepherd, when you're being directed, guided, led by the shepherd. It says there is nothing that I will lack. Oh man, glory to God. That's really the key. Following the shepherd, letting him be the one who directs our path, who guides us. Hallelujah. So when I do that, I will never lack. That means that he'll always lead me and direct me to blessings. Glory to God. So with that in mind, it needs to be our heart, our desire to develop recognizing so that we can follow the leadings of the Lord. And quite frankly, and uh, I think we'll get into it here shortly, we've been leading, we, we've been following his leadings more than I think we recognize. The, his leadings can sometimes be so subtle. And at the time, we're being as a child. And we're following his lead. And many times not even recognizing that is happening until we begin to encounter blessings. And we'll, we'll look at that here just in one, uh, one second here. Now, I always try and break things down into different groups. And so here we go. In any truth in the word of God, we have to have faith to execute it, to make it our personal possession. That's what faith does. Faith is a receiver of what God has provided. And so faith begins where the will of the Lord is known. Now we understand that the word of God is the will of God. So my question is, and this is not really a question, is it God's will to lead us in every area of our life? Now, we're asking that as a question when we already know its answer. But I'm posing that question because I want us to go to Scripture so that we can substantiate that it is the will of God for us to be led in every aspect of our life. <clears throat> and then knowing that it's the will and we put aside all this lay down all this religious teaching that we've heard you know you never know this you never know that <coughs> that's not true and we'll see here in the scripture why it is not true so we're going to go into the word of God and we're going to substantiate 
And even when we're making what might seem like a natural decision, or that we have a, <clears throat> a decision that's huge, you know, like buying a house or marrying an individual, <clears throat> we can know without a shadow of a doubt what God wants us to do. And when we follow it, here we are. We're on the course to receive that which is good and the blessing of the Lord. Now, going over to Acts chapter 22. Oh, hallelujah. God is good to us tonight. Now, this is an interesting verse. Now, you remember Saul of Tarsus. Remember that he was that guy that was trying to hinder the church of God. <clears throat> he was the man that was soliciting, having uh, people arrested that were of what they called the way, the early church of Jesus. And he was even the one who consented uh, to the, the death, right, of that, um, his name just slipped me, um, I'll think of it later, but he held the clothes of those men that actually stoned Stephen to death. And so he was a bad guy. And he was on his road to Damascus. And he was going to Damascus with paperwork from the religious leaders and uh, to continue to try and destroy the early church. And remember, he had an encounter with Jesus. And he was knocked off his donkey onto his donkey. And he was encompassed with the glory of God. And he was encompassed in this cloud. And he cried out, who are you, Lord? And Jesus said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. Now, there's a whole side of that revelation right there that any time that you are persecuted, it's really not you the devil's after. He's trying to hinder a member of the body of Christ, the church. And so, because he was in glory, he couldn't see. And so he went off uh, in, uh, into someone's house, and then a man by the name of Ananias was <clears throat> sent to minister to uh, Saul, who we know as the Apostle Paul. And he was to minister to, to Paul, and we see it here right in verse 14 of Acts 22. Did you get that? Acts 22, 14. And he said, so this is Ananias speaking to Paul. Now understand, at this point, Paul had just been saved. Remember, he cried, uh, Lord, who art, who art thou? And so he called Jesus Lord, and so he was now a part in a, of Christ and as a new believer and Ananias said to him, God of our fathers has chosen thee. So he's telling Paul that he is chosen of God. And truth be told that every one of us has been chosen of God. How do I know that? Because it tells us in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. He chose the world. He gave Jesus to the world. Every one of us has been chosen 
and have been made uh, available to be the children of God, every one of us. And so just like you chose to be a child of God by receiving Jesus, so here has Paul chosen to be a part. And so he's telling Paul that God of our fathers has chosen thee. Now notice what you and I can know, that thou shouldest know his will. You see, God's will is not a mystery like people would tell you. That information and that truth is already in us. And if we'll cultivate our spirit, all that just comes up with the help of the Holy Spirit. Be careful not, be careful not to say that you don't know. And we do it in so many different areas. I'm still catching myself saying it. We do know. The Bible says that we have an unction from the Holy Spirit, and we know what? <clears throat> All things. You see, we have the knower living in us. His name is God the Holy Spirit. And so we do know all things. Hallelujah. Now check this out. That thou should, what? Know his will and see that just one. See who? Jesus. <laughs> Man. We see him with our heart. We've got to be careful that we place demands on God to show us things to our flesh. We don't need to see things with our flesh. We can see him with our heart, with our inner man. So he's telling Paul, and in essence, he's telling every believer, because God isn't a respecter of persons. So if he's telling Paul this, who is a believer, he's telling you and I this, because we're believers. So that we can, we can, and he says, know his will. We can see Jesus and should what? Hear. Now, be careful. When we, see, when we use words like hear, when we use words like see, we're not talking about hearing and seeing physically. Now, sometimes that is the case, but that's the exception and not the rule. Understand that we see and hear with our heart. Remember we pray that Ephesians prayer and we say that the eyes of our spirit would see or would receive light? See, we see things with our inner man. Hallelujah. But notice it says that you should hear the voice of his mouth. Now, why do we need to hear the voice of the mouth of Jesus? So that he can lead us. So he can direct us. Hallelujah. Now, we, we've heard this so many times that, that the world tells us that you Christians, you know, you're crazy. What do you mean you hear God? What do you mean God talks to you? What do you mean God can lead you? And see, they're held captive in this intellectual place that they can't conceive that. They think that anybody that can hear from God is off their rocker. They're just, 
you know, you're some kind of a fanatic. And, and there's, there, they think what we're saying is that we're hearing voices. We're hearing something audibly. And that's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about an intimate, intimate relationship with him, and we commune with him with our inner man. So the world goes, you can't hear from God, but you know the Bible says we can and we should. Now look over here in Big John. Let's look at some scriptures here, and then we'll, I'll cut you loose. Look here, John 5, 20, 25. John chapter 5, verse 25. Truly, truly, so this is Jesus speaking. He says, I say to you, the hour is coming and is now here. Jesus said this multiple times in the Gospels. You see, he was setting us up for the new relationship with God. It hadn't manifested yet because he hadn't, hadn't ascended on high. He hadn't applied his blood to the mercy seat in the holies of holies in heaven itself. So he says the hour is coming, and then at the same time, it says is now here. So he's pointing out exactly what you and I will enjoy in this church age, this new dispensation of grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says when the dead... Now, understand, this isn't talking about physical death. This is talking about one that hasn't been yet resurrected in their spirit. This is talking about an unbeliever. He says, when the unbelievers will do what? They will hear, again, with their spirit, not an audible voice. It's going to be primarily an inner knowing, an inner perception. That's going to be the voice of our conscience. They will hear the voice of who? Of the Son of God. And those who hear will live. Now, this is fascinating. And I alluded to this a couple of minutes ago. Remember I said that you and I have been led more times than we realize? Now, think about this. Jesus is saying that an unbeliever is going to hear the voice of the Son of God. Now, that how could that be? How could an unbeliever who doesn't have the Spirit of God inside of them, how could they hear the voice of the Son of God? M much less respond to that voice of God and be saved. Did you see that? That an unbeliever will hear the voice of of the Son of God, and those who hear, those unbelievers that do hear him, will live <clears throat> or will be born again. <laughs> Man, I'm telling you, this is good, this is good stuff right here. <clears throat> because I was about as far away from God as any person could be, because I was so ingrained and so uh, consumed by the ways of the world in my thinking, in my behavior, in my priorities. In every way, I was completely opposite of godliness. 
yet. <laughs> the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, to my spirit. He was speaking to my inner man and drawing me to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and I didn't even know it was happening. What did the voice of God say to us in the time prior to receiving him as our Lord? Look here in, in John 6.44. <laughs> I'm so excited tonight. I, I, I am so excited. Because this gives us hope for those around us that, that our mind is telling us, well, there's no way that they'll ever respond to God. That's a lie. That's, that's untrue. God can talk to the unsaved. And if that wasn't so, there would be no one saved. He has to communicate. He has to lead. He has to guide the unsaved, even though he's not living in them. Here, check it out. John 6, 44. No one. Who? No one. No one can do what? No one no one can come to me. Again, this is Jesus speaking. He says, no unsaved person can come to me except or unless the Father who sent me does what? Draws him. Have you ever considered that? When, when you and I were lost in our trespasses and sins, that God was drawing us to him. Now, I looked up this word draws, this Greek word that, that we get the English wor word draws him. It means brings or leads them. So it says that no one can come to Jesus unless the Father brings and leads them to God. That's being led by the Spirit. That is so awesome. You know, I look back, oh, I, I can't really explain uh, all of these details, but I was living my life as a sinner man, and, and yet, I, I had a, a hunger in me for, for God. And it was things that had, had already been sown in me, you know, by the, the seed. You know, the Bible says that as a child, we've known the holy scriptures that have made us wise unto salvation. You see, I already had word seed inside of me. And so I was at a point in my life where there was a lot of frustration going on in my life because things were slipping away. I could see that I wasn't in control. And God was using that to, to beginning to lead me to him. And at this time, I was living the life of, um, I get, we call them hippies. You know, we were these rebellious people. And one, one part of our rebellion is we would grow our hair real long. 
And I remember two weeks before I got saved, I had a, a neighbor friend of mine, and I went to her and I said, uh, you know, uh, I want to get a haircut. And I think she had some, <laughs> you're going to think this is funny, but <laughs> she had some, some uh, clippers that I think that she used to use on horses. <laughs> I don't think that she knew how to cut a human being's hair before. But you got to understand that, that th 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 this hair I had was like this badge of honor. It, it's kind of like people use as tattoos today. They get all tatted up to, you know, show other people what they believe in and what they're about. And, and you know, and, and that's how my hair was. You know, I was so proud of it. And it, it represented my rebellion. It re represented that, that I was a, a renegade. And, uh, and yet, in this process, the Holy Spirit was drawing me to God. And I didn't realize that I was following him. I was subconsciously following him. Remember, it says that we can't come to the Father, we can't come to Jesus unless he brings us and leads us to God. And so I told her to cut my hair off. I got pictures somewhere of her doing that. I was out on her patio, and my hair was, I guess, down to the middle of my back. It was pretty lengthy. I'd been growing it for a couple of years. And she just, she just gave me a pretty short haircut. And right there, that image that I had of myself began to evolve and change. And what was going on is that God was drawing me, leading me subconsciously to him. And then in that two-week period, this gentleman that I had met at work was continuing to minister to me and then finally was able to confront me about accepting Jesus Christ. And I had done my best to, to get out of uh, his presence. And when I did, I came to the realization that those things that he was saying resonated inside of me. Why? Well, God was leading me to him and things that I didn't understand up here intellectually began to have a form of desire and an agreement with what this man had said and he led me right to that point of accepting Christ and as I look over my shoulder I didn't realize how much God was leading me as a sinner man to him. Isn't that awesome? To, to think about that God had this plan for me. And I was going in the opposite direction of it. So he was drawing me to him so that he could get into my life so that I can follow that plan that it already made available to me. And he did that when I didn't deserve it and when I certainly hadn't earned it. Man, God is God. is God, And he is so good. 
And so God will draw us to him. I wrote this down. Since God spoke to us, led us, directed us to himself, before we were the children of God, doesn't that make sense that he would continue to lead us after we are the children of God? Did you, did you hear what I just said? Since God led us when we were directly opposed to him, when God was drawing us, bringing us to him, when he did that, when we weren't even his child and we didn't have God, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us, how much more will he lead us today? How much more will he orchestrate our life today? This is the point I want us to get tonight. I want us to become emphatic. I want us to get single-minded with him. That God leads us. That God directs our path. Why? Because he wants to put us on that collision course with that plan he's already made available to us. A plan that is good. A plan that is filled with blessings. Hallelujah. Amen. And we've got to begin agreeing with him. Let me look at one verse, okay? John 10, 27. And we'll finish here. John 10, 27. This is what I want to get emphatic about. This is what Jesus is saying. Now remember, Jesus is who? He's the shepherd. Who am I? I'm a sheep. <laughs> and so it's his job to lead, take the point, and it's my job to follow. How's that possible? He says in John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. You and I need to embrace this as a truth and as a reality. Especially if maybe that's not what you're experiencing right now. What we experience doesn't dictate what the Lord's will is. The Lord's will is right here, and he just said that we hear his voice. So we need to begin saying, I hear the voice of Jesus. And don't let your mind persuade you that you don't. Because it's always going to point to the negative side. And it's always, your intellect is always going to point to what you're currently experiencing. Well, you can't change what you're experiencing until you line up with your heart with what God has said and begin to put words to it, believing. I want us to begin saying, I hear the voice of the shepherd.
Now, what happens? What happens when this begins to manifest? He says, and I know them, and they, the sheep that hear his voice, follow the shepherd. That's all we have to do in life. Say that we hear his voice, then we begin to recognize his voice because our faith is appropriating it, and then we just follow it. <laughs> and there we go to that place of blessing. I'm telling you, that's what the Lord has for us. And, you know, we're, we're just going to enjoy it and walk in it. It's going to be good. Amen? So look at this verse one more time, and I'm out of here. My sheep hear my voice. John 10, 27. Say this out loud. I am the sheep of his pasture. And I know the voice of the shepherd. Therefore, I will follow him and therefore be blessed. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this material. It, it, it contains so much uh, potential for each one of your children. First and foremost, knowing that we hear your voice. We hear your voice. You said we hear your voice. Therefore, we choose to believe it. And I know, Lord, as we begin to say that, as we begin to build confidence and faith in what we're saying, it will cause us to begin perceiving even the most subtle leadings. And as we follow you, as we follow those leadings, Lord, we will enjoy blessing. We will enjoy increase. We will enjoy success. For we then become that doer of your words and your guidance. And we're blessed in all we do. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm glad that you are here with us tonight. I'll be back here on Friday morning. We're going to be doing prayer school. And don't forget, we've got the in-person uh, time on Saturday, uh, 10 o'clock. We got the ladies' breakfast, and then right after, we got an all-church Bible study at 11, right here at BFC. Hope to see you here. God bless.